2: hope you're all well out there i'm delighted that i've got my regular contributors amy kate and randy with me for this latest edition um welcome ladies hope you're both well
3: hello good morning
2: hello 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 right so we're going to get stuck straight into um what's been going on since the last time we've got together um why don't we start with the not at all controversial um, Spurs game <laughs> uh, at the end of September? Um, Brandy, what, what would you like to say about that whole thing?
4: <laughs> oh, God. I mean, shall we? Uh, the whole thing was, first of all, I must say, I, I was really proud that nine guys managed to play that well and hold a very good Tottenham team at, uh, you know, at arm's length for so, so long. And I was so sorry for them for not, not sort of drawing that game because that would that would have been a victory. Uh, completely opposite to what uh, the VAR was doing, of course, and uh, the whole shamble with the PGA mlo MOL in in the aftermath. Um, I mean, it is hard to understand, isn't it? Because these are two very very good teams, and this is a big occasion. And then it sort of seems as for the uh, um, the referees it's not the same. It seems like well, we're just you know scrambling something together and, and trying to do our best. But of course, we are just humans. We do make errors, and it has no. Um, aftermath most of the time of course this time it was different and I'm really really happy about that as well although we had to get I mean the whole supporter group and the whole club and everything had to listen to all that victim thing again you know why always you why does it have to be different for you because this is something everyone experienced yeah but is it right then just because everyone experiences it? And now maybe we actually managed to change the rules and actually managed to have a, a talk that sort of lifts that um, the discussion onto a different level. Because if VAR was introduced to make things better, what we experience is that it feels even worse when they fail to, to you know, handle the rules in the right way. They fail to do the right thing. They They keep giving one week it's some rules and the week after it's another rule it can't be going on like that and i think maybe now something will happen i don't know but you know i hoped th- i i, I tried to cling on to the sort of feeling of proudness yes uh, towards our guys because i think they were doing so so uh, such a good uh, match and, and they were giving it all and all the rest of it
2: i mean they they did they did do like um, considering the odds stacked against them, with everything that happened in that yes. in that game, and I think that um, Amy Kate, one of one of the sort of startling statistics that have, that have come out this season, um, and I, you know, it may well be coincidental, but in you know the the seven or six and a half previous seasons of plot, we've Pretty much been top or second in the Fair Play League every single season. You know, we don't have people sent off. We don't have a thing. Within the spate of less than half a dozen games this season, we've managed to have four <laughs> sent off. It's yeah. just, it's, you know, it might even be five now, but frankly, I'm losing track. Yeah, no, I'm with you. <laughs> um, So the, there is. You know, there's something that has changed. Um, I, I think, I think we've, you know, we've been on the end of some appalling decisions. We obviously had the McAllister red card overturned. But, I mean, what was, what was your take from the shambles at White Hart Lane?
3: I, I just feel like, you know, let's start with the positive. Nine men and an own goal is what took for Tottenham to win. You've got to be pretty proud of that, that Liverpool held their own in those circumstances. And you know, having our goal also, you know, overturned and, you know, by VAR by mistake. I mean that 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 whole shambles, I mean just I think I think that the players um kept it together and you know, with integrity. And I feel that the players were definitely um, you know, some of them could have lost it you know there could have been something but it was classy you know um nobody came out and there was no fights there was no um disrespect you know they went through the proper channels after the fact as the club the club requested for the video or the audio and it i i have i'm really proud of how it was handled you know because you can't really that could have gone different um the only thing that I don't understand is how, you know, we are one of the best, if not the, you know, arguably the best league in the, in the world. Um, We've, but yet when it comes to the refereeing, it's the worst. And when you look at like international things like world cup or friendlies or um, qualifiers for euros, the English aren't called up, you know, the English um, referees, you know, there's a reason for that. And, how can they they make? I, I meant to look it up and I didn't get a chance to. How much money they make? But they make a lot of money, and it's kind of like, oh, oops, we're human, you know. Why aren't they held accountable? Yeah. Because that <laughs> that's the thing that drives me nuts. Is I get that they're they're human and there are mistakes, but VR is supposed to help, you know, see because things happen really quickly. But again, the mistake was you know, the communication and why aren't they held accountable? Why why aren't they reviewed as the end of the season? Why aren't they, you know, you know, getting fines and bans and things like that, like the players. Because there's mm-hmm. they're just as important to the match and the game, you know, and the league as the players because you know, we need them there. They they officiate. Well if you're not officiating right and you're not I mean it just makes a whole you know, mockery of of the game itself, and that's how I feel. Is that that needs to change, and they need to know that you know there's consequences. Because if if you know Klopp got you know fined for talking back to a ref, you know players get fined for stupid stuff like taking off their shirts. You know, but a ref makes these horrific you know mistakes, and it's like, oops, sorry, we made a mistake we'll try to do better next time. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's not exactly what's happening, but that's how I feel. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm just, I'm, I'm really frustrated. Is, is And the other thing is um, the rules, you know, I think, and I'm really hoping that they reevaluate this because one of the things that, you know, horrible, horrible mistake and the communication was awful and they, called it off sides, realized it was on sides, but they the, they didn't have the understanding. So they still called it off sides and it cost us the game because it at least would have been a draw for us, but it totally changed everything. And yeah,
2: they, it, it, it cost from, us, it cost oh, us at least one point, if not yeah. three.
3: Yeah. I mean, we can't say really what would have happened because it is what it is and we didn't get to finish. You know, we didn't get to, you know, start over the fact that the game was started over makes it that you can't, you know, go back and like that rule is ridiculous because it was their mistake in the first place. And it's like, why did you start the game over without checking? Like, that's another thing that I'm confused. Why was the game restarted? Mm, If you're still looking at VAR, then then you are why are we, you know, and, and knowing that that's the rule, how can you continue to play a game when they're, when they're still checking? like the communication and everything it's just we could go on for days about all yes. the things that went wrong so it, that that's where a, they need to really look into and make changes to
2: it was a, it was an absolute shocker from from start to finish yeah and the the other the uh, but the, the i guess the other piece which you know is cold comfort to us but is the fact that they have Put changes in place following the absolute debacle of of that you know the shit show that went on.
4: Yeah, that
2: um actually that shouldn't ever be able to happen again. In terms of the the sort of checks and additional sort of process steps that they've put in place, where they'll have to formally confirm the decision about what it is that they've checked and actually you know it might take a little bit longer but if it stops appalling decisions like that happening then you know people will wait but you know one of the things that and I think it was Alan Shearer who said it after the game was around this is this is just sort of decimates the trust that people have got in VAR and this is to be like you said the the um, something that was supposed to make the game better mm. and to remove the sort of more controversial decisions. And actually, what they've done is just make it worse. And I I accept to a level, VAR is operated by human beings, right? So there's going to be a level of subjectivity. But the, the, the things we're talking about are, are, you know, drawing a straight line to be able to... Define if somebody is on or offside. That's not difficult.
3: <laughs> yeah. And, and they I, didn't do that for some reason. And I don't, I heard different things that they're not doing it anymore. And, you know, but I don't know if that's true. And I'd be really stupid if they're not, because I mean, I don't know about you, but like if I had to draw something straight, you know, with hand draw, I, I don't know how straight I'd be, you know? I mean mean, I don't think that's the
4: case in this situation anyway because it was so obvious that it was not off site so they didn't need the line and that was not the Ah. problem the problem was that they didn't communicate what they had decided so that's
3: (laughs) oh so that's why because everybody was we were in the pub (laughs) they were talking about it we're like they didn't even draw a line I mean it was obvious but they always did before so I was like well why didn't they they just said uh, check
4: completed and the could have added
2: uh, no offside, but they didn't. No, they yeah. did. They just said check complete, and the on-field team had said it was offside. So they heard check complete. So they went mm-hmm. right start the game. It's not a goal. <laughs> then the, the, the other guy, this Ollie bloke, whoever's going, are you happy with your decision? Are you Yeah, happy? yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a goal. And they, 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 yeah, but but you've just told them you've agreed. <laughs>
4: the real decision which was offside oh so,
2: dear
4: just a fucking oh. it's like a comedy isn't it, it really you know is. If, if you are
3: not on the losing end of that that is so funny <laughs> yeah you know what it's going to be one of those things that's going to go in the bloopers at some point because um it was like <laughs> you're right it was like this horrific comedy sketch that just, you know there's no way that could be real but yeah, it has been our on Twitter.
4: It has been on Twitter these uh, last weeks. It has been an ongoing joke from the Liverpool yeah. fans. Like a good process, guys. Good process when something is completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because that's what they said. <laughs> good process. <laughs> what thing you can do because if you didn't
2: laugh, you would cry. Yeah. yeah the shit the sheer stupidity of this and we haven't talked about you know whether this lack of concentration or lack of focus was to do the fact that they'd you know spent you know they'd been in qatar or wherever the hell they'd been or uh, you know officiating in the saudi league or something and then
4: flown back on the why were they there why were they they i know we can't answer that I've been paid by be the happy. City owners, so that is also very interesting, isn't it? Especially well, because the day after, a City guy uh, had a tackle twice on an Arsenal player that was worse than Jones, and he wasn't <laughs> sent off. So, so much for the fairness of the judges, no, the referees, you know. Yeah. Well, They've well, also been to Saudi Arabia, I think. They were
2: paid by, by City, as I understood it, when it's the officiating teams, it's a formal request of the FA of the country. So if they were in Qatar or or Saudi Arabia or wherever the hell they were, it would have been a it would have been a formal request. Now, you know, how that league is funded within the mm. country, I, I'm not going to speculate on, but I believe it would have been a request through the the official FA, just, you know, in case, in case any lawyers are listening.
4: Yeah, of course. Of course it has been done the proper way. But why do they need the bad English uh, referees? I wonder.
3: But well, why, okay. why are they not having their own referees? I mean, maybe this is where I don't understand. But I think they could have all of ours from <laughs> Premier League. They could just have them
4: all and we can find some new ones.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Honestly, At this great, rate, why not? <laughs>
2: We should we should look be looking for upgrade. Maybe we need to take some referees from some other countries, and um, yes, maybe, maybe this could be maybe this could be an alternative to our home secretary's idea to send everybody to Rwanda. Yes, <laughs> send our referees to Saudi Arabia <laughs> and get get some new ones in. That's a good one.
3: <laughs> yeah, no <you're> kidding.
2: <laughs> That's anyway, funny. So unfortunately that ended up with us losing our unbeaten starts to the season. Um, frankly, I would say with not, not a great fault of our own. Um, yeah. And then um, we also obviously had the game against Brighton, um, yeah. which, you know, <laughs> own, it own, its own ebbs and flows, shall we say. Um in that game which which ended up as a draw i mean l- let me start with you on amy Kate. what you know where did where did you end where did your head end up after that brighton game
3: uh it was frustrating but you know i don't think um people are really giving brighton um the respect that they deserve right now because they they used to be a, a mediocre team you know um lower down and you know but they they've really shown that they've got depth and they know how to play the big teams and I think that's the key there is that they have learned how to play um against big teams like Liverpool and get results and and we got caught out you know um I just I don't know I'm 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 still (laughs) I'm still frustrated on on you know, the Tottenham match, That it's just, what else is going to go wrong? And it's
1: just, um, I don't know. I Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats to our signature edition mugs.
3: I'm just looking forward to uh, things moving forward in a positive way. Cause I'm afraid that this is really going to cost us, you know, the, the season, you know, these, these little mistakes, these draws and, and these bad calls and um, you know, we're going to be um, you know, having to fight again, you know, and end up yeah. how we are in, in Europa league this year um, instead of champions league because of results, some our own fault. some not our own fault, but you know, Every match matters. Every point matters. And um, that was another, you know, two points lost for us.
2: It was it was I mean, you know, it was it, it was it, it, against an interesting backdrop that weekend as well with City losing. Yeah. Uh, with um, did United lose as well? I forget now. Um I think they did, but you're right. I don't
3: remember. I'd have to look back.
2: There were quite a few it's not rogue results, but quite a few slightly surprising results. And it there was a it was a real opportunity for us that yeah. game. Um so so that's this point. But but Randy, I, I would disagree slightly with the uh, with you know, Amy Kate in that I, I don't think we underestimated Brighton. I I was more disappointed with our yet another slow start
3: from us well that's fair that's a fair statement um, yeah
2: and and you know we, well we might come on to in terms of the future fixtures, but um we we don't we seem to particularly uh in in some of the games this season we just seem to be really sluggish in terms of how we and and, and sort of how we start games and that's the thing that I I've been finding really frustrating because we put ourselves on the back foot but I don't know what what did what did you think Randy
4: I feel exactly the same as you uh described there I mean and and especially after Tottenham I thought we were going to go out there you know showing ourselves and others that you know we're gonna fight for this no matter who tries to put us down you know yeah and i definitely didn't see that energy i mean they could have been too up before we woke up and that was that was sad to see uh and i think they completely respect brighton has nothing to do with that I was just disappointed we didn't have the energy and the grit and the, you know, the termination and all the rest of it. I I couldn't see that until of course, second half. Mm. But that's, like what you said, I mean, that this has happened. It definitely happened last uh, season, and the, we have continued to do this, you know, go down one down and then come back. And yeah, well, fine that if you play uh, Lask, you know, but, but it doesn't work with Brighton. So, and of course, I feel a bit sorry for Alexis because he was coming back, you know, and was going to show, look at my new teammates and my new team and all the rest of it. And then he was the one that was giving happened. away the ball, although it looked like it. I think it was Virgil that gave him a ball in the hopeless situation. He should never have been in the other end of that pass, but I mean, there you go. Well, here's, a, here's the point then. Do we, do we need to start talking
2: about Virgil? Because yes. He's... Yeah. He's not the same. <laughs> It's, I think it's a combination of things If I'm
4: honest He's the captain isn't he Maybe that's the thing
2: Yeah I, I think I, I do think That the injury he had was, was horrific And I think he did Magnificently well to come back Um, But I think A combination of Probably having to adjust His game slightly Maybe having lost A step of pace uh, You know it, and and also that it's almost been a relentless two and a half years of football. I just think the man's existed. i just yes. just and and he's lost i think he's lost his sharpness for that because it i think i think it's just the grind of it is is you know impacting his ability to play at the level he was playing at before um but because he's not He's not playing. He's not the same player. He hasn't been the same player for the last twelve months. It's not to say he can't come back to play at that level, but but it. I think something needs to change. I don't. You know, there was there was those first two and a half three seasons that it, it, he was imperious. Mm-hmm.
4: Nobody,
2: nobody could touch him. Nobody could get him off the ball. His anticipation and all the rest of it um and and the the last 12 months you've seen a definite drop-off now there was a collective drop-off in our team last season so Mm. i think he was particularly any worse than anybody else last season in terms of that sort of collective reduction in in you know pace and power and all the rest of it plus our injuries and all all the rest but I don't know. This season, it feels like he's really struggling a bit. I don't know. Am am I, you
4: know, am I barking up the wrong tree? I mean, I I, I think it's better than last season, but then so are we all. (laughs) So is the rest. But but you know, you're right. He's not back there where he was, and he probably never will be. But but maybe he needs to find his new way of doing it. You know, and maybe he
3: hasn't really got that yet. In his age, I mean not that he's old, but like as players get you know older and there was there was a st- statistic not necessarily about um Virgil but about footballers in general about you know how their legs you know from all the running and all the things that they've been doing playing football compared to just to somebody that's fit, you know a normal person that isn't playing football like they're they they age so much more and they don't have all of that um you know they might be like 30 but it's like the, the pace and all the running that they've done is like a 35 year old um mm. I don't know if I believe all of that you know it was something that was put out there and it was like okay you know I kind of look at it like it's you know, perspective you know and, and there's they're always trying to find these statistics and things and I'm not some medical professional to to be able to argue one way or the other but I feel that there's something has shifted with him since that injury, which I okay, sad. it was horrific. And I still look back. and just can't believe that, that it happened. And, and, and nothing it, happened. and nothing happened yeah. after. I mean, how many times has that happened? Like you look at some of these, you know, Mosala with his arm being ripped out of his socket, you know, th- things like that. Um, shocking, but, he just, he seems, there's something off about him. Um, and and with that being said, him being off his game, he was so good that, and nobody could touch him. That you look now, and it's like he's still a great player. He, is. he wasn't as, you know, and I don't want to take away, oh, he's not, you know, he's not the verge that we had uh, no. before the injury, but he's, no I'm, mistake, I'm, he's still a I'm, fabulous footballer.
2: He is a fabulous footballer. He's he's you know he's dropped back to everybody else's level, I guess. Yeah, um,
3: he, you know that that's kind of how I kind of wanted to perceive it a little bit. Without you know, I don't want to make excuses. He obviously he isn't in his best form, but even at his not being in his best form, he's still you know a top player, and um and I wouldn't trade him for the world. You know, I mean he. I'm glad he's part of our team. I just hope he finds, you know, that inner Virgil that he had before his injury, and bring that back. That's all I'm hoping for.
2: No, you and me, you and me both, because he's, you know, and I, like I say, he's not, you know, he's no Harry Maguire, right? Let's let's you know get this in perspective, um, but from his immaculate standards he he is definitely you know he's struggling struggling's maybe the wrong word but he's he's not operating at the level I think he expects from himself at the moment apart from anything else yeah as supporters we can see that he's not operating at the level that he was and I and I do, I do, just because of the relentless nature of the football calendar, about where you know when and if he'll have a, a you know a proper chance to reset and hopefully get back to those um, you know to those levels that, that you know we all want him to. Yeah. But uh, it's not, it's not easy out there. It's really, really not i mean the the fact is we we could have lost the game against Brighton as well, I suppose to be being fair there as well, so you know we take a point and we and we move on um we've obviously started our uh, our Europa League campaign with you know two wins out of two, so mm-hmm. that's against uh union as g and uh lask um and we've got Toulouse, upcoming um, at the end of this month or towards the end of this month, um, who are probably of the three teams, probably the the sort of the next the next best team in in our group. They're they're kind of mid table in Liga, so they're uh, they're tenth at the moment. They've not, um, I think they've maybe won one game and lost four games or something. So one would hope. That um, that it's you know we should be able to take care of business at Anfield when we when we play them. But again, you know, we we seem to have made a habit of struggling against sides this season that maybe we should we don't think we should have done. So yeah'll we'll be properly properly focused for that game. But I I you know. It, Interesting, being in the Europa League. As much as we don't like Thursday Sunday football, um, actually talking to my friends who who do you know the away trips and stuff like that, getting to go to different places is actually part of the joy. So you know, red pitch yeah. WhatsApp group about you know people in you know little towns in Austria and you know doing journeys through Europe and. Staying here, there, and whether, and going. All oh, here's a picture of the River Danube, and here's this, that, and the other. And actually going to, you know, going to see different parts of of countries in Europe, not the not your standards, Real Madrids and Barcelona's, and you know Paris Saint Germain, and you know wherever it is. Yeah. So you know, there's a, maybe a little bit of romance of of. That's come back into the Europa League, albeit, you know, we want to be at the top table. So, you know, I I, I kind of enjoy that, you know, because to be fair, I'd never heard of Union SG and I'd never heard Alask uh um, before before they would we were drawn in their group. So so that's you know, it's interesting for me learning about these teams and where they are and their history and all of that sort of stuff. But um, if If we are to progress out of the group, I think one of the things that I've enjoyed seeing certainly is some of our younger players um, playing in uh, the Europa League games. So players like Kwanzaa, players like Ben Doak. um, So, you know, they're great, still great opportunities, I think, for us in terms of being able to see... Good academy players and and you know some some of our more fringe players like Simacast and whatever, um, getting you know getting games. And, yeah. And on that point, uh
3: um, yeah. he's gonna be getting a lot more games.
2: <laughs> well, yes, uh, because that sort of brings me uh, you know Europe and international fucking
3: breaks. <laughs> yeah, I think that need to be emphasised. <laughs> the breaks. Ah, uh, i'm
2: i just yeah i'm not happy i'm no. not happy at all i know it's a qualifying game and i know that um you know had scotland been able to win um then you know they would have qualified um but you know he it didn't look good i suppose is what i would say uh yeah after his challenge with the goalie um I haven't heard anything else um but he's you know he obviously has come back to Liverpool I haven't seen anything uh announced by the club yet but um I have to say I am a little bit behind on my injury news um I don't know whether either of you have spotted anything, but like you say, you know, Simakas looks like he might be getting um, a fair bit of playtime if it's as serious as, as it looked yeah when he came off. Um, it's, just, it's just a real shame because I, it felt to me like he was starting to come, you know, because he did not have a great season last season
3: um that he was coming back into a bit of form actually yeah no i i agree and it did look pretty worrisome um i haven't seen um anything you know but i also um like you i i didn't have time to 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 check and you know but that, but i also haven't seen a whole lot of talk behind it either which makes me think that there really isn't anything. Cause usually if, if there's something, you know, all I heard was, you know, he's injured, No, no, you know, if there was talk, the the WhatsApp groups and the, you know, Facebook messengers and all those things would have, you know, not to mention all the, you know, Twitter and Instagram and things like the official channels and things like that, I would have seen more. And I really haven't, I haven't spent a whole lot of time on it in the last few days, but I haven't seen a whole lot. So I'm, you know, either they're still assessing or maybe it's not as bad. I, I don't know. I'm hoping it's not um, too bad and he'll be back soon, but um, you know, I also don't want him to come back and injure himself even worse. I don't want it to to affect him. I want him to be one hundred percent back when he can. So hopefully it's not surgery and he's not out for the season. That's what I'm hoping cause that just didn't look good. No,
2: well Randy, we've got um, you know, we, we do have a deputy in Sinecas and uh, he got he assist uh for Greece the other the other week and um Slobazai is captain in Hungary and he's you know he's been an absolute bloody monster for us. Um but again it's you know all the South American guys are you know here, there and everywhere. Um I think Uruguay played Colombia because I'm sure I saw a picture of Nunez with yes. His shirt. Yes, <laughs> we uh,
3: did. There was, <laughs> which was <laughs> nice to see.
2: Um. So you know, we, between between Europe and stretching the squad and international fucking breaks, which is how they are now officially known.
3: <laughs> indeed.
2: I agree. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, I mean, what? Bearing in mind our our first game back, um, uh, you know our first league game back after all of this is going to be the Merseyside derby. Um, which will be coincidentally another twelve thirty
3: kickoff. Yeah, that's a surprise though, isn't it? I was not happy about that because that's four thirty kickoff for me, which means we don't, which means I have to get up at the crack of dawn, as well as we don't meet that early. We just Stop doing that because it most people don't want to get up, you know, and you know, at three o'clock in the morning to, oh, to so get course. ready to go and drive. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I get to watch that alone again, but at least from the comforts of my home.
2: <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, we like I said, we and I'm not saying it doesn't impact other teams, it obviously does, but it feels like we are excessive. <sighs> yeah aligned to being put into the 12:30 30 slot and i do have a question actually for our own club because this is the tv company say you know we want to put this game in mm. for you know our 12:30 slot or what i'm presuming the club must have some right of refusal um, because part of it will be police advice around, you know, when the best, you know, if security concerns, if it's a category A, B, or C game, and all of that sort of stuff. But surely, because this is this is about money as well. Mm-hmm. You get your TV appearance money. So if Klopp doesn't like the games at 12:30, right, and the club has the ability to say, well, actually, we won't take the money from this particular game, then, you know, is there, is there ever a conversation between the club and the manager about whether, they, whether they're legitimate? They actually, there's a couple of times where they go, do
4: you know what, we don't want it. We'll uh, no thanks. We'll, but they we'll... can't decide, can they? This is all down to the TV companies. And of Yeah, course they it, have too if, much control. Yeah, and if they want, and I, I was just laughing when you said you don't want to stand, uh, get up at three o'clock at night, uh, Amy Kate. And I do understand that. But apparently, if you look at the other side of the world, like Asia, this is perfect for them because the other, other matches are not at a good time for them. And the Asian market is really huge, isn't it? So maybe that's why it always ends up being the, you know, Liverpool oh. and the other guys that plays because they are so popular there. But then you have the other question about it. What about Man United then? Because they are supposedly very big in Japan, you know, but they never get picked for these matches as much as we do. So I find it really interesting. But I heard this uh, argument the other day about it's it's the Asian market. And then again, it all comes down to money, as you said, Uh, Kate. You know, it's, it's all about the TV company, making money out of this and they don't care about fairness they don't care about people getting back from international breaks and all that so it's the money game again and it's so sad if but, it's that reason only
2: but the irony of this is is that the the product that you put on the pitch is what mm-hmm. they're buying and if the players are exhausted and if they can't put on a good performance. Aren't you kind of defeating the whole object of the product you're buying? Right.
4: Well, as long as people watch and turn on the telly, they don't care, do they?
2: <laughs> well, maybe not. Maybe oh, not. I, don't I don't know. If I look at China, for example, they're like eight or nine hours ahead of us. So, so twelve thirty kickoff, you know, will be nine p- eight pm, nine pm at night, which mm-hmm. is Great for them.
4: Um I think Australia it, is the saying it's a good time to watch because all the rest of the matches are not good for them. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um but you know, you would have thought that yeah, anyway.
4: I would have thought that the British market was the most important because it is in England, but there you go. I'm old fashioned.
3: Yeah, but <laughs> well, here it. here's a question I have, um, and I don't know the answer why I'm asking. So the Premier League is split between
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: What? BT Sports and Sky Sports? Or is it not BT? Anyway, Sky Sports and whoever else share these these channels, right? And isn't that where the money's coming? Like, in the United States, it's NBC for Premier League. It's, you know, every country has their own. I think Canada's is different as well. You know, every country has their own um, network that they've bought, you know, the rights to have it shown. So... So no, um, the
2: way it works is broadly, and, and I know that there'll be other people far more knowledgeable, but basically you have a domestic rights package in the UK, and that is broadly split between Sky, TNT, the BBC, um, both uh, for a highlights package um, and for radio commentary, right? So okay. Sky Sports, you know, have the biggest bulk of the live games on TV. Then you have TNT Sports, formerly BT Sports. And within that, there's also a smaller sub packages, I think, for Amazon Prime. Um, so they ah. get specific sort of day packages. So they have a couple of midweek packages. And I think they've got a package over Christmas and something else. So so there's sort of three the three thing, and then the BBC pays for the highlights package, so they have the Match of the day program um, and so they pay however much they pay for that, and then the Radio Five Live has their football commentary, so they broadcast about one hundred and forty games a year um a, a season, I suppose I should say okay. um, and that will be um. You know, there's normally a couple of commentaries a week, and then they'll also do commentary on um, the FA Cup and stuff like that. But obviously, that's not the Premier League. Then, but the Premier League also sells an overseas rights package separately, which is where the US broadcasters come in, where in Sports or Al Jazeera or whoever the hell, it, yeah. you know, so they sell them in different territories. That's where that. That, that overall overseas rights package is worth more than the domestic rights package
3: ah mm. yeah, I see that mm. so that's where they're they're looking. I see where Randy's comment is now that the possibility of doing all these early games because the popular they're finding um you know Asia as the market that they want to target, so they're putting all these earlier games on instead of you know yeah. what you would have thought would have been you know, the eight o'clock kickoff would be the prime spot. But for TV, that's not the prime spot. No. And the biggest, the biggest teams in Asia,
2: Liverpool, Man United, Man City, um, Arsenal to a lesser extent, um, Chelsea. So what you'll, you know, there's an inevitability. And sadly, this is the thing What I'm saying is, whether the clubs have any right to say, actually, we 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 won't take the money for that game, thank you, so you can reschedule us. I don't know whether they can. You, we seem to be saying that they can't, but it it is a uh, it is a money it is a just a money thing. You remember a couple of seasons ago? You remember all of the furore about the thirty ninth game? So
5: mm-hmm. you
2: know, the stuff around. Oh, well, it could be in New York or it could be or a thing. Mm. So, they won't oh, I remember that. There won't necessarily be a 39th game, but you can see an almost inevitability at some point mm-hmm. they'll be going, Well, we will have a regular season game
3: moved to Qatar or New mm. York or. Oh my God, I really don't hope that happens. <laughs> I hope not either. And, you know, I've had people say to me, You're that are American. Um, you know, and they're totally into or they live in America, but mo- it's mostly the Americans because the NFL have taken regular season games. And there's quite a few now. I mean, there's yeah. like, what, four games or something? I might be wrong. And I heard this year. Cause I have a, a, some, and they've got two games in Germany. Germany. Got yeah. Game,
2: one game, I think, in Mexico. Um
3: oh. So yeah, at least Mexico's North America, you know, I mean, it's not, um, any different in time zones because depending on what part of Mexico, it's the same time zones, you know, across the three time zones in the U S so I don't like it, but I see how they're trying to, they're trying to make this a world sport instead of an American sport. And I can appreciate why they want to do that, but I hate the sport and I just want it all go (laughs) away, you know, but, um, i it's it's the you know I'm proud to be an American and I'm you know but there's things that we do that I just it, it's arrogance and and it's it bothers me that we think that everybody else should follow the American sports way, mm-hmm. and now you know um with all the American owners, and I'm happy that we have American owners because it at least for us like the summer tours and having more impact in you know the sport has more impact with with that but they're trying to force the american business you know franchises and all the bad parts of sport and it's about you know um and and now they're they're going to europe and i i I can appreciate as much as i love when they come for the summers tour for us because we get to have that experience especially people that can't travel to europe they get to have it in their home country they will probably see the same thing because there's You know, shocking to me that there's a lot of people that like the NFL that aren't American, and they get that same opportunity. And so I think they're trying to do that here. It's just, it's not right. It's just like how the Saudi League wants to be in Champions League. Well, Mm. no, you're not European. The Mm. you know North America, Canada, you know United States don't get an opportunity. We shouldn't because we have our own leagues. So I just don't like the whole mix because it just makes it so difficult Um, on on the on the game and on the product and and look what it does to the players yeah they get paid a lot of money but you know still so that's my not so keen on um that's i um, I
2: do i'm just saying i you know that the realist slash cynic in me can quite easily see that you know they the the you know the people in the Premier League will be looking at things like the n f l expansion and various other things and trying to see the opportunities to monetize and what could they do um yeah. you know we we've 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 things have been batted off here and there like game thirty nine like the european super league but there's a <laughs> they're going to come back in a different shape and form. I think there's that's the inevitability about it and it's you know at some point somebody will say well this is the lesser of two evils and we'll end you know we'll end up with with a bit of a bugger's model frankly um and you know I do think that the you know we said it before but you you end up killing the golden goose at some point yeah. if you go far down this down this line but you know maybe that maybe that will be the point where you know some of us just kind of take a step back and go do you know what go and have at it i I've, I've had my time I'll i'll go and do something else now um anyway we are um we we mentioned the the merseyside derby but actually there are, there are two merseyside derbies and um Whilst I suspect by the time you'll listen to this podcast, dear listeners, um the first one will be over. Um there is the uh LFC ladies um Derby against Everton uh as we are recording or shortly after we finish recording this podcast. Um and then we have uh Liverpool versus Everton on the uh 21st of October. So um We've had a good start in the uh, Women's Super League, so uh, currently played 2-1-2, were top of the league uh, before the most recent round of fixtures, so obviously some games were played uh, yesterday. Um, Amy, Kate, is there anything that you particularly would like us to look out for in the Women's Merseyside Derby later on today?
3: Well, um yeah, you know, it, it's the Anfield, and um, they're hoping to to uh, you know have a win. Of course, um, I'm hoping to see that happen. They seem very strong. They like you said that they've won both um, of the first two uh, matches. Then they played in the con- uh, Continental Cup and and uh, lost, but that's a you know, different thing. Um, they're doing a tribute to um a former player um that's become one of the ambassadors, um, which is the first female ambassador, which is pretty cool to see. And um it, it seems like they had um uh, a pretty good uh, turnout of tickets. So I don't know yet what the um actual amount of tickets was sold, but it's just really cool to see that you know they're they're doing this and, and having um having it at Anfield and and um being able to, to have that experience for, for, you know, not only the the women, but for, you know, the fans, because it's going to, it's an opportunity for a lot of families. Um, It's really inexpensive. I believe they sold the tickets for 10 pounds for adult and one pound for a dollar or one pound for the children. And, um, you know, that's so affordable for families to be able to go and do this. So, um, and they're and they're putting it seems like they're putting a lot more effort into um the women and, and seeing what Matt Beard's doing with um them. It's just all positive. So um come on you reds.
2: Absolutely. I mean I've got the um in, in the background they've got the um Arsenal Aston Villa game on on the uh TV on live. Um so um and if you if you i mean i can't see the score very well from where i'm sitting but it looks like aston villa are beating arsenal at the emirates at the moment oh wow Uh, so uh, i believe they're one nil up um so at least they were the last time i looked so so in terms of um both to be fair BT Sport before it became TNT Sport and and the BBC have been um good uh supporters and promoters of the women's game so you you can certainly see it a lot more readily now on terrestrial TV um and they have highlights packages and various other things as well so so that's definitely going on um in terms of the uh the men and the Merseyside the forthcoming Merseyside derby. So, sadly, um, Everton have had a little bit of an uptick in fortune <laughs> um, leading into this. So they um, uh, they won their last game, and um, which I was slightly surprised about actually. Um, but they they you know they're on a semi decent run of form. Calvert-Lewin appears to have managed to, you know, wrap himself in bandages and be able to sort of get out um, on the pitch over the, over the last few weeks. Um, and they, you know, they, they've had the decision of Mishiri um, to, to supposedly sell to this 777 group, this U.S.-based group. Um Now, you know, I don't know much about them. Um, And and frankly, obviously, I hope that that they turn out to be terrible owners, but that they they don't have the best reputation, what little I have seen of them. Um, But obviously a lot of this is around them, you know, having the money to finish Bramley Dock apart from from anything else um, and get themselves in there. So I think i think it's going to be an interesting derby this time round um randy what what would you like to see from us um either in terms of team lineup and or or approach for the for the game when everybody's back from a fucking international break
3: <laughs> I just love when you say that even though oh, we're making light and I hate it but it just sounds so much better when it comes from you and with my accent it's just not the same
4: <laughs> <laughs> well of course I hope that uh, Robertson is not uh, severely injured so that he could actually play that match. And, uh, of course, all the rest of them that is now our playing somewhere else in the world and uh, that they come back healthy and um, injury free. <laughs> yeah. And I just hope that uh, that that we get some of that um, grit back and we can't be going one nil down within the first ten minutes to be able to start working, I think. So I just hope that we go out there and, and all the new players that hasn't been playing for Liverpool against Everton, you know, we're probably gonna get the adrenaline going and hopefully hopefully we'll we'll win that one because I think we need a win now.
3: Especially at home. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
2: We need to we need to keep our our um home record. Um because we've been on a decent Decent run at Anfield. Um, I mean, of our of our new players, um, and Amy Kate. So obviously, we we signed um, a couple more towards the back end of the transfer window. But um, we obviously had, um, you know, we signed McAllister, we signed Slobarsai, we signed Endo, we signed Ravan Burke. I think is how you pronounce it, but I'm not. Uh,
3: sure. That's how I was saying it, but I wasn't really sure because I haven't really heard it yet. I'm just, you know, yeah, sounds so, good though. We'll go with that until we're told otherwise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um,
2: you know, within, you know, within that little um cabal, I'm not, I'm not going to let you say it's slobbers eye because that's too easy. so in terms of the other players and what you have seen i appreciate we've seen a bit more of some than others yeah Uh, who who stood out for you
3: well since i can't really say you know our hungarian captain um i mean to be fair he he has come in and and you know really shown his worth Um, we haven't seen a whole lot of endo, but, um, you know, the little I have seen, I'm, I'm, you know, happy. Um, uh, McAllister, he's made a few mistakes, but I think he's still trying to find his foot, but when he's on, he's on, um, and I see a lot of potential with him. So I think we've had a lot of great signings and I just really haven't seen a whole lot yet of, um. What's Ryan's last name again? <laughs> um, Grenenbach. Um, I'm not sure how to say it yet. But um, so I, I, I really, it's, honestly, I really can't say too much. I, I missed, um, I missed the Champions League, Champions League. Sorry, a Europa League match um, this last week. So, and I believe he was in the lineup for that or played, and I didn't get to see that. So I haven't really had an opportunity to see a whole lot of the others. Um, but. I, I am gonna say my typical saying. If Klopp wants them, there's a reason he's there, <laughs> and I have faith in that. Um, you know, because he's rarely wrong. I mean, the only time I could really say, you know, why is data? I never understood that one. Yeah. Um, oh, nobody's awesome. perfect, but <laughs> and he had he had some moments. Let's not let's not not acknowledge <laughs> that he had some good moments but that was about it <laughs> so. he just he just ended up being too fragile um
2: yeah for, for the demands of the premier league i think um anyway um so we obviously that that's a, a big game to to kick pack off with but but one of the things that sort of happened over last week whilst whilst we've been stuck in this international fucking break is mm-hmm. that we, had the um we've had the 8 year anniversary of big
3: Yay! year coming to yeah. yeah i can't believe that it seems like he's i mean he's it, um, part of me feels like he's been here forever part you know like he's always been a part of the fixture and i feel like like that was something he he just fit the club um he's definitely earned all the you know comparisons, and you know being one of the great Liverpool managers. Um, you know I can't argue any of that. I, I'm, I'm probably one of the ones that says it, but um, you know at the same time it's like, wow, has he really been there eight years? You know, has it been that long? So I don't know. i I just can we have him for another eight, please? <laughs>
2: you know what I, it doesn't look like he's ready to go anytime soon so so let's let's just uh let's just hope that he carries on feeling that way but but on the basis that it's uh you know it's a 8 years since um Jurgen came to Liverpool um I thought you know we could each come up with you know a couple of our favorite memories of um, Jürgen since since he's been at the club um, so Randy let me let me start with you there are there are one or two particular highlights you want to bring out um since since we've had
4: uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mr Jürgen I absolutely adore him um and uh, I definitely wish for eight more years. I can't believe how quickly that has passed. But I guess time flies when you're having fun is the one that suits this relationship, I would say. And uh, if I have to pick two moments that sort of both describes why I love him, I guess, and, and also why he is a good manager for us, is, is when he... Um...
5: I don't need a VPN. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout.
4: When he loses it completely and runs to Allison, In the Everton match.
3: Yes. (laughs) It's like
4: he's like a kid. He's like he's five years old and he just goes absolutely mad and doesn't know where, where he is and what he's doing. He's just all about love and excitement, you know. So that's him. And also the cheeky little one when he sits at the bus celebrating Champions League uh, <laughs> victory and he's a bit drunk, I guess. He loves his beer, doesn't he? <laughs> and he's a bit drunk and he's very cheeky and he's looking into the camera and he does the counting. One, two, three, four, five, four, six. <laughs> and it's like, again, that sort of child about him. But so he has that inside of him and he shows that to the players. At the same time, he's like a father figure and he's this wise very well spoken man that could lead anything you know it's it's that um what do you call it i mean when you have two very very different sides that sort of comes together in the whole that it makes him a perfect leader and also perfect for us i think
2: so i think he's uh, you know if i if i use sort of hr terminology yeah and, uh, <laughs> IQ and EQ is Definitely. the way I would describe him. Um, and, and you know, if, if anybody listening hasn't heard of the term of EQ, it stands for emotional intelligence yes. as opposed to, um, you know, intellectual um, quotient. So it, it is, and it's, you know, the ability to understand people on a much more, human and 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 you know emotional level and yes. i think we've got that in in space um thank you randy though those are two those are two great little um you know little reminders of Jürgen. um hey <laughs> what what couple would you pull out
3: then god there's so many but and, and the allison rainy ran was one of the ones i was thinking of so um you know, it's it's not so much a moment. It's what he does, um, his fist pumps and his passion and his um, clop hugs, you know, mm. the, the which I've I've actually been lucky enough to have a clop hug. So oh, um, wow. it's the summer tours. You really if you get an opportunity to um, either come to the States or go to, to Asia when they come or wherever they end up going. Honestly, it's such a, an amazing experience cause you get to, to see and experience things that you wouldn't otherwise. So, um, plugging Matt, they hopefully are coming back this summer, but just his, his personality. And I remember, um, you know, like when he would do his videos and, and, and things, um, it's just his, his compassion and, and just the man that he is, he's genuine and you can't help but love him. And, I just I'm with I'm with both of you. I, I I adore him. Like I just, you know, he's he's fabulous. And and what he how he makes people feel and and hope and believe and that's the the that's what was missing, you know. Um he's loved because of what he's done, what he's you know, he's created at the club. It's not just that he's a winner, he's made it more of a family, you know. I mean, you can look at some of these other managers that have trophies and have won trophies, Mourinho being one of them, but you don't like him as a person. You just know that he's good for a couple years to get you some trophies. That's not Klopp. Klopp is the whole package. And like you said about the emotional intelligence, he has it. And I think, you know, um, him treating everything like a family and, um, how he handled, um, COVID, um, and bringing, um, you know, some of the videos out and, and keeping everybody together because that was something that we didn't know how it was going to, when it was ever going to end. And I, you know, it's, it's kind of now like, Oh, did that happen? But when we were living it, that was awful. And you lived for seeing all that stuff and, and, and having that ability to, to, you know, that's those are the things it's, it's, it's not just what happened on the pitch and how he, you know, after we won Champions League, and how he just went nuts, and and you know, um, it it's every day, and for me, it's not just one moment. There's just too many.
2: No, and I I get that I do, but it I I think that it's one of those. Um, he he, you know, he instills he has instilled a culture uh, and a thing around the club. Absolutely. Uh, thought into what it means to be a a supporter of Liverpool FC. And, and he get, you know, and that's one of the things is he, he gets the city, he gets the club, he gets the supporters. So that's fundamental. But if I had to um, draw out a a couple of others that, that, you know, stuck with me over the years, so so the the two that i guess i would mention over and above the ones that um Randy did was um after the we beat barcelona 4-0 oh gosh um, yeah <laughs> the whole uh squad standing in front of mm. the cop um singing you'll never walk alone was mm. just it was it was spine tingling um for me because, you know, being there and having them all in front mm. of me, um, yeah. that, was, that, was that. that was a pretty uh, amazing moment. Um, yeah. And, he, and you could see how emotional he was as well. The other one, which just it just makes me giggle more than anything else, is when he was in the it was one of the Champions League press conferences and he was having the translator in his
4: ear. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. One, One more, please.
3: Voice. They oh. forgot about that. That was.
4: Yeah, that was good. Just
3: his personality.
4: So, again, please.
2: Yes. Was, like, <laughs> himself laughing, and it just really makes me. It just really makes me giggle. To be honest. Oh. Yeah.
4: He's marvelous. He's marvelous. He's
3: It was something like an erotic voice, wasn't it? I know, yeah. (laughs) It was just it was it was so funny because you didn't expect. I mean, I I I guess I didn't expect anybody to say that because you know being politically correct these days and saying the wrong thing, but you were just like, oh, because he didn't say anything bad, but you knew (laughs) where he was getting at, and it was just you're right. It was it was Uh, really (laughs) really funny. I forgot about that. That was good. Yeah,
2: I and I mean that say Amy Kate that you know in in some ways there's two myriads to count you yeah. know yeah <laughs> the moments that he's given us um so yeah. you know, the the you know after we won the premier league title when he did the um the interview on when he on cried oh uh, yeah
3: you know. his emotions is just uh yeah he's so beautiful he's a beautiful and you know the, another one that I loved When he decided to, you know, resign a new contract with us and how he went to his wife and had the whole conversation and that, that meant something, you know, because he, like you said, he gets the people, he gets the fans, he gets the culture, he gets everything. And he's, you know, he's, he's the German scouser, if you like, you know, (laughs) Um, you know, it's just, he gets it and it's, it's amazing.
2: It, it is, and we, we are very, very fortunate to have him. So, um, we're coming to the end of this pod. So, we are in any other business. So, um, Amy-Kate, any other business, anything to plug, anything we need to know?
3: Um, just good luck to um Liverpool women today. Yep. Yeah. And we'll get to yes. talk about that the next one. And yeah, that's um, that's it for for now. Just we've uh, we've said a lot, so yeah. Just want to okay. wish the women a, a good luck today.
2: Perfect. Uh, Randy, anything from you? Anything you want to mention, plug, rant well, about?
4: <laughs> well, apparently we are. Sn- I mean, sniffing at new um, director of football. And this uh, ex RB Leipzig guy that is called Max Eber, Eber, oh. oh, is apparently good. on top of our list. And Paul Mitchell from Monaco is uh, also without a job at the moment. So maybe oh. we could get a new sports director soon. That would be nice, I think. I think it will suit us well to have more people on, on, on the outlook for but that. Just on that.
2: Did, did I not read something that Julian Ward had come back again or something?
4: I thought so too. Yeah, but, but not in the position as <laughs> <But> a, <laughs> I guess. So just helping out doing stuff. But he's not been announced as this or that. So um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's, it's more like he's a consultant or something. And this uh, German guy that we have at the moment, uh, he, he looks a bit all over the place. So but it's just well, been he... talked about a bit lately that these two guys are in the picture. So let's see what happens. Yeah. No, yeah.
2: Yeah, No, I shall look. Well, I'll keep, I'll keep an eye on that. Randy. Thanks. Thanks for the reminder.
3: Uh, (laughs) I just looked up by the way, there really isn't much of an update um, on Robbo and his injury. I, I found a little article, but it, it didn't really say much. And it was, it was yesterday. It was like 20 hours ago. So yeah, there really let's, isn't any. good let, yeah, let's hope that yeah. is for a good reason then. There's not much to yeah. report. <laughs> yeah. That that I just wanted to put that out there because I was looking it up while you know while we were, you know, see if I could find anything. But um I guess no news is good news. We'll go with that.
2: Let's let's go with that. No, that's that's brilliant. Um no, I would um I'd echo your your uh, um you know, good luck. Uh, message for LFC women um, and let's, let's hope they get the right result in the Derby. Um, We now have a a week to wait, um, but we kick back off against the blue noses. So (laughs) uh, let's hope that everybody uh, and fingers crossed for Robertson comes back in one piece. Uh, Their flights aren't delayed. Um, they haven't been, okay <laughs> since they've been on international fucking duty. Um, <laughs> and uh, we absolutely smashed the blue shite. So absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> have a wonderful week, uh, month, year, whenever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, we will be back in the next few weeks to record our next one. So happy listening. Thank you for your attention. And we'll talk to you very soon. Bye bye.